with newclevelandradio.net. And it is time for Avoid the Maze. My guest today is Laura Templeton. And I met Laura through podmatch.com, which I've met some wonderful people. And I've learned so much from all my guests. And I'm going to sort of sit back and learn from Laura today. Um, because you've been helping people in corporate America um, get better at working, correct? Better at communicating. Okay. All right. That's even better. So (laughs) what made you get into this line of work? Because, you know, as I look back at my career path, um, there were people who taught you how to do a job, but they didn't never really communicated it well with you. In fact, most people who trained trained you on the job had never really been trained themselves. They sort of learned it and passed on their good habits and bad habits. Um, and today, nobody wants to pay to get anybody trained because they're looking at their almighty bottom dollar. So what made you think that this is a good thing to do? So a lot of it stems from the work that I've done. My original um, business model when I've launched 30 Second Success was really about helping small business owners communicate more effectively who they are in that 30 second window that they have when they're networking or when they're creating video for their work, for their businesses. And then Throughout the years, I've networked in a lot of different areas and a lot of different organizations and and had an opportunity to network and actually do some training for an organization out of Philadelphia called Power of Professional Women. And Power of Professional Women really brings women from all walks of life together. You've got a lot of high-level C-class, you know, people from the C-suite on down to your entry-level professionals who are connecting and networking and, and engaging with one another. And what I found when I was in those uh, situations where I was networking with people, especially younger professionals, and I would ask them, tell me, what do you do? I would literally get a one word answer. Most of the time it was, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an accountant. I'm like, okay, you're an accountant for, and then they would give me a little bit more and it, we'd have a deeper conversation. And by asking a lot of questions, I would really uncover who they were, what they loved about their work, what they, you know, what they really enjoyed about what they were doing and who they worked for. I realized that years ago when I worked for RCA, one of the things that RCA did as a company, they used to educate us on everything the company was doing, all the new projects, new hires, new positions that were open. And then also gave us the information, like if you know someone who fits this job description, here's who to connect them with. So I was always looking for people for my company, right? Because there was always an opportunity there. And what I found was it, it enabled me to have deep conversations about our company with other people when I was out and about. So you're talking to, you know, I graduated college in 1983. So in the 80s, that was, you know, it was not uncommon to be networking and talking about your company. And nowadays, it seems like it's almost taboo to have a conversation about your company. And yet, there are a lot of people that are out there networking and connecting and going to after work, after work meetings. So I started helping some of the young professionals that I had come in contact with. And then I had gotten asked to speak to um, the win, women in networking organization that was 
hosted by one of the major gas companies in the Philadelphia region. I used to live in the Philadelphia area. Now I've moved to Florida. So working with those organizations kind of opened the door for me to do work with corporate and really helping them understand how to educate their, their employees on how to talk about the company. Also, how to utilize the referral programs that most companies have in place, but they don't, their employees don't know how to use. Well, and what I have found myself in, and I, I call it corporate America, whether it's small business or large corporations, um, everybody is sort of like floundering today. You know, we're saying nobody wants to work. Then we're saying, well, companies don't really want to hire. Um, then we're saying, well, I know I need somebody to do a certain job, but I, I don't know what that job is. Um, and I just find it because my husband's been going through this interviewing that, um, oh, you're the perfect person. We really love you. You've got all the skills and you're willing to show up. And it's like, okay, um, when do I start? We'll get back to you. And he said he'd rather be told he didn't have the skills. He'd rather be told he didn't fit the job rather than somebody to build him up and say, yes, you know it all. And, you know, we should hire you, but we're not going to. So how do we deal with people today who are going through, you say there are jobs, but I can't get my foot in the door. So the career opportunities is a piece that I've done some work with a couple of different organizations, um, especially headhunting organizations in creating that, the number one, a video resume, right? To kind of set yourself apart, share a little bit, be a little bit more personable on a video resume. So you make a deeper connection and you use that in, in a lot of different ways. One of the things that I've worked with, with a um, veterans organization uh, in, that was in that career search arena was helping them understand that your skills and how you present yourself is just as important as you interviewing the interviewer, right? Having really great questions about the job, the opportunity, when, you know, when they're going to make a decision, you have the right to interview the person who's interviewing you. So sitting across from across the table from someone who's, you know, a pet potential employer or somebody in their HR division and asking them key questions shows them how interested you, you really are in the position. Maybe you're not absolutely 100% qualified. You may be you know, 75%, 80% qualified. You may be lacking a few squills, but skills, squill, words, words are escaping me right now. Yeah. So if you're lacking a few skills, you can help them understand that your willingness, your interest in the position goes a long way. Your willingness to step up and, and seek the right training to, to fill this, you know, to meet those markers very quickly that they're looking for. Maybe there's certain skills or certain training that they're looking for. I can't tell you how many times I've coached personally, my husband and my son um, in finding qualified positions when their resume didn't have exactly what was on the job description. 
Got it. But it's how you show up for an interview. It's not what's on paper. It's how you show up for an interview. It's being able to communicate effectively what you deliver, right? what you bring to the table, and then asking great questions. Having a, It's just like having a conversation with someone that you've just met for the first time. Yes, obviously you're nervous about the opportunity, but when you show up and you ask a lot of questions and you share your information or ask for clarity, a lot of people in interviews ask you questions that you're not 100% sure what they're asking for and you give them an answer you think they're looking for and it might be off. Ask them to clarify their question if you don't understand it. That mm. also shows that, that level of ability to engage with people and to really to to play a big role in the company. So our success really begins with doing your homework. That's what I'm really, really hearing. Um, I remember, oh, God, this has to be almost 40 years ago. Um, I found myself to be a single mom and uh had to get a job. My ex-husband told me, if you don't get a job within the next month, I'm going to stop child support. And was like, oh my, um, he couldn't do that, but that was just a threat. Uh, somebody told me about a job as a bookkeeper. And I said, yeah, that's not really my skill set. And they said, yeah, but they really need somebody who's really willing to learn and be part of this business. So I went and interviewed. I learned all I could about the owner um, he had the same secretary for like 30 years and uh, she had been, keep, been his bookkeeper as well. Now, all she wanted to do was answer the phone. So I went in and I was prepared for it, but I admitted, I really don't know anything about bookkeeping and math is not my strong part. It was, oh, it's no big deal. When the bills come in, you put them on the ledger. When we pay the bills, you put them on this ledger and then you subtract. I said, are you sure that's all it is? Oh, that's all it is. They like me. I got the job. And that's not what it was at all. It was so involved in the third day on the job. I said, could somebody do some training with me? Because obviously this is not what I heard you say. And they admitted, oh, yeah, we know. We told you. You put certain things in this book, certain things in this book. That's all there is to it. And they didn't even know what they were doing. And so by the fourth day, I finally looked at them and I said, you guys are wonderful. You're the sweetest people in the whole world. I can't do this job. And I walked away feeling defeated until somebody said to me, you're not defeated. You admitted that was not your strength. Now, what is your strength? And when I came up with it, then I started looking at jobs differently. So I learned because these people were nice. They wanted to basically help me out and give me a job. But many of us would walk away from that feeling like there's nothing I can do. I guess I should go work at McDonald's. So how do you help somebody who has felt beaten up over finding the right job or taking the wrong job? Well, it's it's a lot like taking the wrong clients on too. 
one of the things that I teach people, especially my small business owners, is in order to communicate well, you need to understand who your ideal client is. So you're just much like you're talking about understanding what your strengths are, right? Who do you love to work with? Who lights you up? Who gets you excited to show up every day because they need your help? So when you look at your, your job opportunities the same way, what are your strengths? What do you love to do? What are you passionate about? Sometimes we take on an interim position because it gets us to the next ladder, but we always need to be looking at the things. What are our goals? What are what are what do we see our future? A lot of people have gotten to the point in this world where we stop why it is, we stop dreaming. Right. What do we want to be when we would grow up? Right. We stop thinking about, oh, you know, when we were kids, we always were thinking about what do we want to be when we grow up? But once we grow up and get our first job, it seems like we we forget that there's more to aspire to. There's more to life to want and to go after. So when you know what it is that you want and when you under have a clear path and a clear direction, it's easier to stay on that path. But if we don't have a clear path and a clear direction, a lot of times we can we can get sidetracked, we can get sidelined, or we get pigeonholed in a position that's really not meant for us. Makes so we have to really, yeah. you know, and connecting with that emotional piece makes all the difference in the world. Understanding what it gets you excited, what lights you up. I am so tired of hearing people feeling very dissatisfied in their roles because they just feel like they're not seen or heard. And yet they're not willing to speak up, you know, because they're afraid of losing their jobs. Yeah. And I understand that, but at some point in time, you need to make an effort to have your voice heard. And it, and it doesn't have to be in a mean way. It can be in a very loving and kind way. Well, I know when I was in corporate America, I was working for a um, not-for-profit college, loved my position loved working with the students hated the culture the culture just was mm. so defeating to everything that made me successful and made my students successful and i remember going to one of my early managers and i said that to him he said karen just do what you do best don't worry about everything else going on around you and i said you know, I love Monday through Thursday, but on Fridays, all the campuses would get together and we would do these phone activities that just made no sense. We would be given a list of people to call to see if they wanted to come to our college. And these lists have been used over and over and over again. I mean, there was nothing new and people were hanging up on us when we called. And the few that said, oh, sure, I'd like to have an appointment made an appointment and they didn't show. And we were graded on air, on our success. And I went in probably the last Friday that I was working and I said, um, I'm not going to do this today. And they said, why? And I said, number one, it's defeating. And so that means when I come into work on Monday and I'm actually sitting with a student that I can help, I have this burden of all this effort that I put in on Friday and got nowhere. I said, I love my job Monday through Thursday. Why do we do this on Friday? And the answer was because we've been doing it for 15 years 
And I said, well, then don't you think there's something new we can do? And at that point, they sort of looked at me and they said, maybe you're not right for the job anymore. And within a week, I was out. And I regretted it initially, everyone. I want you to understand that. But I didn't regret it in the long run. Because like you said, Laura, I found my voice. It was, how can I be so happy four days out of the week? Go and do this project on Fridays. Hate it. Carry that burden on Saturday and Sunday. So wasn't enjoying my time off. And then I started all over again. And so when I lost my job, I had to come home and say, what is it that I really, really want to do? And sometimes we can't do it because that's not the first job that comes along and offers us the paycheck to put food on the table. So what do you say to somebody along those lines? Okay, you know, you may not be liking what you're doing now, but as you prepare for the future, how do you do that? So somebody who's, you know, very much in the same or similar situation as you, who's really unhappy with their work, they need to be making an effort. If they're, if they're looking at this as an opportunity to put something on their resume and move on to another position, I tell people all the time, help your resume ready. Just like your LinkedIn profile, just like your social media, all your other profiles on social media, it's a living, breathing thing. Your resume can always be updated, but always have it ready. You just never know when an opportunity is going to present itself. Make sure that you're connecting with people. As professionals, we need to be on LinkedIn, connecting with people, making connections, especially whether it's in our industry or in an industry or field that we are, are exploring and want to consider as our next opportunity. Start making connections in that field. Ask people what they like about their work. Make time to have virtual coffee dates with people, right? Show up, take your lunch break and have one or two coffee chats with people a week. And you'd be amazed at what they will share with you about their, their work, their industry, what they like about it. If you're looking to get into that field, what you need to make sure you have covered on your resume, people are willing to share with you opportunities that are happening within their, within their field, within their profession, because they hear from other people what's going on. So make sure that you're connecting with other professionals. That's the biggest piece I think a lot of people are missing out on. They're, they're not understanding how easy and simple it is to connect with other people in their industries and in their profession through platforms like LinkedIn. And that's my favorite one for, for business and professionals is, is to use LinkedIn. I, I pretty much stay away from from all the other platforms because I frankly I don't want to spend the time on on nurturing them when I know that the people that I enjoy connecting with are on LinkedIn. Absolutely. And that's the other thing. You have to know your audience. Okay. Um I'm finding in the podcasting world, as much as I don't like it and I still have not done anything with it, um TikTok is supposed to be, hey, you're gonna get viewers. I don't care to have the TikTok viewers, okay? I want the listeners. Um, and so many of my colleagues have said, well, I do TikTok, you know, one day a week. I That's my, okay, that's maybe my audience. I don't see that being my audience. Um, so we all have to know what that is, what we're trying to achieve. 
And the word success is, you know, one that we all interpret differently. You know, for some people, success is, you know, how much money am I making this week? How much is going into the bank? And, oh, can I buy that new car or whatever it is? And for other successes, you know, doing what you really like to do on a daily basis. So how do you help your clients identify? And do you have a particular interpretation of what success really means? So for helping clients really identify the success that they want, I work with them to really project and do some um, goal setting based on where they want to be in 10 years from now. And then we sit, we sit down and really kind of step that back. Where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want to be in a year? How are we, what are we going to do month to month to get us there? I'm really looking at it from the perspective. I do that with my mastermind group all the time. We're always talking about future casting. Future casting is really envisioning what you want for your future. And that's what I was talking about, about dreaming and setting goals. My husband and I create vision boards all the time. We had a vision board to get us to Florida and we did it in two years. Sold our house during COVID, sold our house, moved into a rental, found a new house in Florida, sight unseen, purchased it on New Year's Day, moved to Florida. And if you look at my vision board about that, it's it's step-by-step step exactly what we needed to do. It was all on that board. Yes, we moved some of the dates a few times because that would happen. Right. <laughs> but still, it was all there and we knew what we wanted to do and where we wanted to be. And future casting is a big part of the work that small business owners and professionals really need to do in order to get where you want to go, right? So that, and I, and to reach the level of a success that you are looking for, you need to have those dreams and aspirations of what you want. Success to me is really defined differently for everyone. You're absolutely right. To me, success is being able to have an impact on as many people as possible, making a difference in the lives of the other people around me. If I can go to bed at night and put my head down and know that I've made an impact on someone in my life, it's a good day. So success to me is on a daily basis and I measure it. I really measure it by the impact that I'm having. And, and I think that's important because I've had, uh, and this just happened in the last couple of months, I had somebody who came to me uh, and wanted to bring their podcast over to New Cleveland. And I said, that's great. We went through everything. And they were saying, well, as I'm looking at your analytics, you know, this show really doesn't get more than 30 to 40 views. And I said, right. I said, that's that podcaster. That's what they're happy with. That is their success. And out of those 30 to 40 views, they were getting about five clients all the time. So I said, so that is success for them. I said, you know, if they had a million views, I'm not sure how many you know, clients they could get out of that. And if they'd be able to handle that, this is what they want. And they said, hmm, but we want more than that. So I took them through another show. Oh, wow. You know, they get thousands of hits. I said, yeah, they do. I said, this person hasn't picked up one client, but her clients that she is picking up, listen to the show so that helps her when they have their one-on-ones. And so 
I had to explain to them, yes, I have analytics and I can go back and I can look at them. And I do just to make sure that I'm putting my money in the right places. But at the same time, you know, 40 viewers can be a positive effect and make somebody feel very, very successful. So they then asked me, so why do you do it? And my answer was, I've always been a people pleaser and helper. So again, if I can help one person through each podcast, whether that means today, Laura, somebody's listening and they're saying, hey, I want to reach out to Laura because I want to work with her. I may never know that happens, but if it does, I've helped one person today. So I don't look at success as dollars, um, although I have a husband who does. You know, it's like, today wasn't a real good consulting day for me. And I'd go, why? Well, I had to give some of my services away for free. Okay. Doesn't mean it wasn't successful, but to him, that's how he measures. So can you help somebody who measures their success and only the dollar figure? Absolutely. There, you know, that's, again, it's a goal, right? How do you get to that goal and how you achieve it is on you. So number one, having that vision for what you want and how you're going to achieve it. Yeah, you can have a lofty, you can have a lofty dollar amount as your, your golden ticket, right? But you also have to put the accountability into place and into play. You need to know what steps and what actions. Goals without actions are just dreams, right? You need to have those action steps in place. So when you have that goal in mind, and again, like in my mastermind session, we set up goals and and they're measured on three different things. It's it's the it's the business goal. You know, what do you what do you want for your business? What do you want to be known for? It's the financial goal. How much money do you want to make? And the freedom goal, right? What does freedom look like to you? It's making sure that you're setting that up in a really key way, but then putting the action steps into place that'll get us there. Because, you know, nine times out of 10, people are plugging away, plugging away, and they're doing the same thing. And they realize that the activity that they're doing, either A, is not enough, and they need to do more, or B, they're not charging enough for their services. And that's what I find with a lot of small business owners, because we only have so much time. Right. Right. We only have so much time and we have to either, you know, even in the professional world, if we're not demanding the right salary for the work that we're doing, then either we have two choices. Either we ask for a raise or we can find another job that'll pay us more. And if your goals are to be making six figures, seven figures, and you're in a position which is is not getting you to that, what's the next step? And how are you going to attain it in order to get you closer to that dollar figure? So whether it's whether it's a goal about impact or a goal about your future, where you want to be, what you want to be known for, or a goal about your finances, all of those things, it's about taking those action steps that get you closer to that goal. And they have to be daily action steps. So do you live and breathe your work? Because pretty much. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, um, because I know I do. Uh, yesterday, I helped my husband out on an IT assignment. Um, 
because he actually needed an extra pair of hands and occasionally uh, an extra voice. And um, at the end of the day, uh, the two of us were laughing because every assignment we went on, nobody was prepared for us to be there, even though everything was confirmed and whatever. Um, and usually my husband at the end of a day like that would have felt defeated. But yesterday it was like, you know what? We went to where we were supposed to go. We were prepared. They weren't. We'll have to do it again. And we actually sat in the car as we pulled into house last night laughing, you know, that we still put in nine hours because of all the travel and everything. And what we got accomplished was letting these clients know that you you asked us to be here. We're here. You're not prepared. So now when are you going to be prepared so we can come back? And that was very empowering. And I watched him feel so good about it. It was like, you know what? There was something about having your energy with me. And I said, well, you know, if I did that today, I guess I had a very successful day myself. So I want people to understand that when we talk about success and achieving, sometimes part of that is out of our control. We have to take control of what we can so that we can keep going forward. Because after that first stop yesterday, um, you know, the two of us sort of looked at each other and said, do you think maybe we should go back home and start all over again tomorrow? And it was like, no, we have three other clients waiting for us. We'll just keep going. And the fact that none of them were available yesterday was, was mind blowing. Um, so it will happen another day. So how can our listeners find you and connect with you and um, maybe find the success that they really want to have? The easiest way to connect with me is either through my website, 30secondsuccess.com or on LinkedIn. LinkedIn at and just at 30 Second Success is where you can find me the easiest way. So um, I've used 30 Second Success for branding everything that I do. So it's easy to find me. I love that. Yeah. I mean, branding is so important today and so many people don't understand that. Um, we have quite a bit under New Cleveland Radio and people sometimes will say, well, what does that have to do with radio? Well, you know, we're creating websites and we're creating websites for a lot of podcasters. So that's what it has to do. But if I had a different name for that, people would be confused where to find me. So now they know. So in our show notes, we're going to have information about 30 30 seconds to success. Um, I'm excited that we were able to get this together today. Um, as I keep telling people, life happens and sometimes there's a good reason why we're not available when we initially say we are. Do you have any parting words for our listeners? You know, I encourage people to really dig in deep and and go and go with your passion. Understand what it is that you do, who you love to work with, and who you serve. When you when you have those front and center and you think about that each and every day, it makes your day a lot easier to enjoy and it makes it lifts your heart up 
when you go out the door. So think about that. And I'm here to help. If you guys have questions, happy to help. Just touch me on. Um, you can e even email me at laura at 30secondsuccess.com. Well, I have all that in the show notes. So there's no excuse for anyone not to be able to find you, Laura. Thank you and have a great day. Bye-bye now. Thank you so much for having me on, Karen. Sure.